This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for Christmas Day 2011. Great Expectations, The King. Christmas. Here we are worshiping in cyberspace. Greetings from our home to your home. We are so glad that you are able to join us as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a glorious day it is. What a glorious week this Mm. is. Today we're going to focus on one last great expectation that the Hebrew people had for the coming Messiah, the Messiah who is now born in Bethlehem. Our focus today is the King. My name is Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you and praise you this day and all days. Lord, you are so good to us. You knew that we were lost and we needed a Savior. And so you climbed down from heaven and and came and walked upon this earth. The word made flesh. Almighty God, open our hearts that we might receive you, that we might hear your word. Change and transform our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. The King. Christ the King, that's what the people were expecting. That's what they'd been promised from some of the Old Testament prophecies. A king not only from the family of David, but but many believed, many hoped, would be a a David-like king, a warrior king, a king who would restore Israel and Judah to their past glories, the glories they had when David was king and had united the tribes of Israel. Now, Isaiah lived at the time the northern kingdom of Israel fell to the Assyrians. And Isaiah prophesied of the future fall of the city of Jerusalem, his country of Judah. Jeremiah, about a hundred years later, lived through what Isaiah prophesied about. He was there when Babylon took over Jerusalem and exiled many of the best and the brightest from that country. But the fall of these countries is not our focus today. Today our focus is the message of hope that God gives through the prophets, prophecies of a brighter tomorrow, words from God of a time in the future where there will be a new king on the throne, a king who will bring salvation to God's people. Let's start with Isaiah. In the ninth chapter of his book, found in the Old Testament, we find great words of encouragement as the prophet looks to the future. Here's what he shares. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Yeah, things are tough. They've been defeated. They've been taken over by other countries, but, but there's still hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and the light is Jesus. We read in the New Testament, John chapter 8, verse 12, these are the words of Jesus when Jesus declares to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Mm. Jesus fulfills this Old Testament prophecy through Isaiah. It gets even better when we look on down to verses 6 through 7 of this ninth chapter of Isaiah. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What a message of hope for the people who have seen their neighbors in the north, Israel, defeated and who have heard Isaiah's prophetic word, of the future fall of their own country, Judah. When these people look back over the history of their people, it is always David, King David, who is the model king, the king they measure by, the king whom the tribes of Israel not only thrived under, but were united into a kingdom. David was the king. Now, to be told that the one who is coming would reign on David's throne and over David's kingdom, well, that was the ultimate. The implication here isn't that this person will be from David's family, but that this person will be a David-like king. Mm. From this word, from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, the people had great expectations of the one who was to come. And then we turn to Jeremiah. He lives in a whole different era from that of Isaiah. And yet basically the same message comes through him that came through Isaiah. Here's what God shared through Jeremiah. Time's coming. God's decree. When I'll establish a truly righteous David branch, a ruler who knows knows how to rule justly. He'll make sure of justice and keep people united. In his time, Judah will be secure again, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name they'll give him, God who puts everything right. Again, a David-like king. He will rule with justice and keep the people united. Again, it was under David that the tribes were united into a kingdom. Again, this king isn't just of the family of David, but will sit on David's throne. And so the people had great expectations based on the Old Testament prophecies. They were looking forward to a king cut from the same cloth of David, taken from the David mold. The people had great expectations of another King David, not just someone in the family, Mm. but someone with David's style of leadership. 
there were great expectations of this king who was to come. When the angel of the Lord visited Mary to give her the news that she would carry Jesus, the angel reiterated the words of the prophets from old. Here's what the angel said to her. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel confirms what has been said before, that the one she, Mary, will carry will have the throne of David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants, Israel, forever. Once again, great expectations of a David-like king. Now, the wise men, the magi from the east, well, they were aware of these expectations. They had heard. They had read. They knew what was expected. Here's what Matthew tells us about them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. These men were believed to have been men of science, astronomers perhaps, very knowledgeable, very learned. They knew of the person born king of the Jews. They came to worship him and they brought gifts. Upon coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Mm. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. (laughs) No rattle, no toys, no sippy cup. (laughs) No binky, no blankie, no onesies or disposable diapers, not a crib or a car seat. No, the gifts they brought were, well, they're very different from the baby gifts we give today. We suspect they were very different from the normal baby gifts back then. In fact, the gifts they brought really weren't gifts for a baby at all. These gifts, these were gifts that were fit for a king. And so we read in scripture that they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. Strange gifts for a child. Gold, the the precious metal, a symbol of royalty. And frankincense and myrrh, they were expensive aromatic resins. Frankincense was often burned in in conjunction with religious rituals, symbolizing Christ's role as the future great high priest. Myrrh, Well, myrrh was often used in preparing bodies for burial, often offering a foreshadowing of Jesus' death some 33 years in the future. Expensive gifts were what the Magi brought this new baby born in Bethlehem. They knew they were visiting a king, and therefore they brought appropriate gifts for their visit. Okay, so let's jump back to the Old Testament. The prophecies were important. They were crucial and they were for real. They gave the people hope 
as the people waited for the one who would follow in the footsteps of King David, the greatest earthly king that Israel would ever know. The one born today in Bethlehem, the one that Isaiah and Jeremiah spoke of hundreds of years in advance, the one to whom the Magi brought expensive kingly gifts, this baby in a manger truly is the king. In fact, he is the king of kings. But he is not exactly what many of the people were expecting. They were waiting for a king who would bring a new life, as David had, through his military leadership. Many were expecting a king who would lead with a sword, who would bring salvation to the people of Israel on the field of battle. But that's where this new king was different than David. He did lead the people of Israel, offering them a new direction, not through his military leadership, but through his unconditional love. This was not a king of war, but the prince of peace. That's what Isaiah said. This king born in a manger doesn't save his people by shedding the blood of enemies. No, this king brings salvation by shedding his very own blood on the cross for you and for me dying to save you and me. The prophets had said that he would be given the throne of David, but ultimately his throne is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, the Father. Today we celebrate the birth of this king, king of kings, Lord of Lords. Today, we realize that the great expectations of centuries are are fulfilled not in a king riding in on a stallion, waving a sword, leading his people into battle. No, this king comes as a baby, born in a stable in Bethlehem, lying in a manger, no crib for his bed. And it is this king, the shoot from the stump of Jesse, the uh, from the throne of David, the house of Judah, it is this king who will change the world. That's our king. Do you know him? The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals 
sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him. For yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him. And you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him. But they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. That's our king. Do you know him? Do you know him? If you do, we celebrate that and you celebrate that today right where you are. And if you don't, maybe today's the day. Today is the day. Let's say a a prayer together right now about that. Almighty God, if there's anyone who have who's just heard these words and they don't know you, Lord, we pray that right where they are, that they would open up their hearts to you. Almighty God, forgive each one of us for those things that we've done that don't please you. The sin in those lo- in our lives, the barriers that we have. Be the leader of our lives. Order our steps, God. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent baby Jesus, that you sent Jesus into the world to live and die and then live again for our sins. We thank you and praise you this Christmas day in the name of Jesus, our Savior, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everyone watching said, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.